God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child. Child. Listen. Child, if you're listening to this podcast, here I am. I know you've probably been wondering where I am, and that's okay, because I too have been wondering where I am. And if you ever wonder where you are, then you have to take a minute to find yourself and determine where you are. And now that I know where I am, I'm ready to share. That's a word for someone I didn't even mean to start with a word, but here we are. Sometimes you have to take a minute and figure out where you are before you can be there for anyone else. All right. I see Dara is logging in from Philly. I see Kiva. Hey, girl, Jillian. For those of you who are listening for the first time, where have you been? Got to start there. Secondly, um, I'm not being joined by myself. I have friends from literally all over the world who are joining me on the Woman Evolve Facebook page. Are you familiar? Are you following? Get your life. We miss you. We need you. Oh, baby. Lauren Jackson said, hey, says Angela Jackson says, so ready for next week. She must be coming to Denver, Colorado, where we will be getting our lives together. Kalika Rogers says, child, we were about to send a helicopter for you, sis. Let me tell you something. And I would have gotten right on that thing. Please have a blanket and some carbs are waiting for me when I get there. Jessica Van said, just told my son, don't talk to me right now. <laughs> I'm a part of the delegation. That's right. Parenting is on hold for just an hour and 10 minutes. I'll try and get through here so that he can get his chicken nuggets or his vegan nuggets, however you do you. But for now, the delegation is meeting. Monty said, figure out where you are so you can be there for someone else. She heard that word that I just spoke into the atmosphere. So have you been minding your business? Let me tell you, I've been minding my business in business because a friend of, well, actually a family member of mine ended up having a surgery. And so I have been out of town through that surgery, which is why this podcast is late. So charge it to my heart, charge it to my head, not my heart. Yeah, that. Charge it to my head, not my heart. I'm back in here like I never left, but I am a little bit delayed, but not denied. So I have not been totally minding my business. I have been drinking my water a gallon a day. I went to Orange Theory yesterday on the 4th of July before a hamburger was eaten, before a hot dog was consumed. I messed around and went to Orange Theory so that I, so that I could enjoy the barbecue without any pain. Amen. Erica Edwards says, listen, minding my business and staying hydrated. Okay. Okay. Tanisha says, I'm so excited about next week. Where you been, child? Let me tell y'all. Remember I told y'all last week that I felt like there was someone, I didn't know who they were, who hadn't even sidestepped coming to Denver, just automatically counted themselves out and said they couldn't come. It must have been like 150 of you all. Because when I tell you like that very next day, we saw a registration hit this spike. So listen, sis, it's not too late. If that's you, where you be? Where you be at? Anique Charles says, what I've been doing is going to Orange Theory five times a week. Let me tell you, when I'm not traveling, I generally go to the Theory of Orange that many times. And my body thanks me and hates me all at the same time. Jessica Storch says, I went to Orange Theory for the first time last Saturday. Child, I was tired. Honey, still tired. My arms are sore today. I was supposed to go today, but my daughter was uh, up at four o'clock in the morning 
trying to have testimony service, things nobody has time for. Listen, we are literally just a week away from the Woman Evolve Conference in Denver, Colorado, and I am beyond excited about what God is going to do. We just had a prayer call with our team. We are praying. We are organizing. We are just really asking God that his kingdom would come because we know that if the kingdom of God comes, there is no confusion. There is no division. There is nothing but glory. My husband literally prayed for palpable glory. And so from every seat is prayed for, every parking spot is covered, every corner of our church building, every member of our team, we've been praying and praying and praying. So listen, if you're joining us, whether it's online or whether you're going to be watching at home um, there in the building, just know we love you. We're praying for you. We pray for traveling mercies and grace. We pray for technology to be strong. So yeah, how about that? The husband says, I've been drinking my smoothies and water and minding my business. She's trying to take it to another level, okay? Bianca said, my muscles is popping. Hey, listen, okay, I usually don't wear my arms out, but I have my arms out today because conference and I don't have time for the get down, okay? Listen, how about this? What is going on in your world? Sounds like some of you have been drinking your water. Some of you have even been drinking smoothies and business has been being minded. What about your diet? Did y'all go in on the 4th of July or did y'all eat grilled zucchini? Did you eat grilled zucchini for the 4th of July? Mm -hmm. That's what we want to know. Because just as important as minding our business and drinking our water is trying to make sure that we at least eat the right thing. Let me tell you what I did with my life. I ate my salad first. I got full off of the right things so that I would not have space for the wrong things. I still tried the wrong things, but it wasn't enough space for the wrong. That preached to somebody right there, okay? Somebody just somebody just got their whole word, okay? Latoya stayed on her diet for the fourth time on somebody. Rebecca says, I've been eating fried cauliflower and it's blessing my life. First of all, you better fry that white broccoli because why not? Do you toss it? It's a restaurant down the street from where I work and it's got a little sauce that they toss it in and it's delicious. Y'all need to, to try it, but I can't tell you where I work because the delegation will come up here. I know you work. I saw the delegation when I was in the hospital last week. There's like, yeah, I just listened to your podcast. I saw the delegation in the grocery store. Y'all don't know that the delegation is low-key everywhere. Turning says, I must be minding my business, drinking water, and eating chocolate chip cookies. Rescue me. Rescue you from what? You sound like you don't need to be rescued. It sounds like your priorities are together. Okay. Okay, listen. All right. It's time for us to rescue some people. It's time for us to see what is going on in the highways and the byways so that we can just just avail ourselves to new ways of thinking and being. I know y'all gonna be here for this because I wanna start this story by saying real bodies matter, okay? I should have looked up how to pronounce this precious lamb's name and now this is where things are gonna get. Her name is, we're about to rescue, I wanna call her T, Taner, let me tell you, it's T-A-N-E-R-E, Accent to goo over that e, l l e. How y'all? How you? How you do that? Tenerelli, Tenerelli. So Tenerelli. Can somebody call her? Can y'all pause the podcast and call her so I can figure out how to spell her name, say her name, and please. 
Somebody, okay. How about that? Okay, so listen, I'm gonna y'all. I spelled the name. Someone can tell me, girl, if you're listening, child. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go watch an interview. I'm gonna know how to say your name next week, and I'm gonna say I'm going to say your name next week. Anywho, my girl was walking the red carpet of the BET Awards, and evidently she is being criticized because she had on a dress that was low cut, and she wasn't being slammed for her dress being low cut, but rather because her um. Area, they didn't think her area was perky enough. Anywho, this is the Dream Girl singer attended Sunday's BET Awards looking and feeling good in a low cut dress by designer Batani Kafalani. Kafalani, I said. I just, the accent to goose was messing me up. Anywho, which exposed some of her chest. However, the look led to comments on social media about her natural breasts and how they needed a lift in the frock. And this is what my girl said. She says, to all the negative comments about today's look, I don't need to lift my breasts to wear a dress. I'm a woman and my natural breasts hang and I love it. And I have no intention of changing it to suit your gaze. I'm out here living my dreams, focus on better things. Let me tell you why this is important. Because real bodies matter. Fake bodies matter too. Plastic bodies matter too. But what I'm saying is, is real bodies matter. And I just want to commend her for not going out here thinking that she needed to fit this idea of what her body is supposed to look like. And let me tell you something. Every day I wake up, I am just learning to love my body in a fresh new way. Because listen, you can't even be a real woman out here without having struggle bus and struggle face. And I just, I don't understand. Hope says, so they are just going to tell her what her body needs. Who love yourself, girl, or nobody will. Karen says, how people going to keep hating on what's natural? This is what I, because listen, ain't nobody asking me to model for nothing because I have, I'm a whole real person over here. Okay. There's the, listen, the Lord, I am the highways and the byways. When they said ain't no valley low enough, ain't no mountain high enough. They was talking about my body It's highs and lows here. Okay. And if you don't learn to love your body, then this culture is literally set up to make you insecure about your body. And when I tell you, I'm trying every day wear things that make me feel confident and flattered, but also like just being like, this is what you got. This, all the body I got to give you. And guess what? The, it's blessed. I got my arms. I got the ability of my limbs. And if we ever begin to hate the bodies that we have, I just don't think that we're ever going to really have the type of confidence that we need to have. I wanted to send just a big ups to her. Ashisha said, that's right. Don't change yourself to please people who can't pay your bills. Natalie says, it's levels to this body. I can't even blame it on me having children because I do. I have three children who have lived inside of me and I want to be like, oh, you know, well, I've had kids and that's what happened. Although children do a number on that body. At the end of the day, I've seen people who've had three, four, five, six kids and they snatch and have six packs. I, you know what? I don't think I want it bad enough. Like... In a way, I care about my body and can be insecure. But on the other hand, I'm not really doing like I'm going to Orange Theory and I'm eating what I want to most of the time. And then I'm eating right the rest of the time. And that's about the level of commitment that I can give to life right now. You know, I was talking to my friend, Dr. Anita, who's actually going to be at Woman Evolve. And she was asking me, how are things going with conference? How do you feel? And I was like, and then she knew I was doing keto. She's like, how's keto? And I was like, who's keto? Never heard of him. Keto Jackson. Is he one of the Jacksons that we miss? Because that's all the keto I'm doing right now. And what does 
Fatigue is for real. When you're making a lot of decisions leading up to something or you're in a stressful season, it can be challenging to maintain the same level of willpower. That's what she said. She said willpower is like a muscle and it can be exhausted just like other muscles in your body. And when I tell you my willpower is doing everything it can to make sure that glory touches down in Denver, Colorado, it don't have time to make sure that salad touches down at every meal at every meal. And that is just what I have right now. That is where I am in this season of my life. I don't know where you are, but this is where I am. Amber McClure says, Keto Jackson. I don't think she's ever heard of him. Tarkeisha says, you got to want it bad enough. That's not sometimes. But when, when it comes down to it and it's time for me to make the right decision, it really depends on what's happening in my life. I don't really, let me tell you another reason why it ain't no point in me having a six pack. Because if I put in the work to have a six pack, I'm going to tell y'all, God, I'm going to tell y'all for real. I'm going to want y'all to see the six pack. And because of the way my life is set up, y'all ain't going to never see the six pack. So I'm just going to have a six pack that nobody, like, I don't even want a six pack like that. If I put in the work for a six pack, somebody needs to know that I have one. It's not enough for me to testify. Somebody needs to witness it. And because I'm never going to let you witness it, I might as well have this love pack that I have. Love packs are good too. People need love packs. Love packs are warm. Love packs are soft. Love packs are fluffy. And in this season, God is calling me to a love pack. He's not calling me to a six pack. Denise says keto is life. I do want to say that one of the nurses reached out to me and she said, sis, please don't do keto. There hasn't been enough um, research done about it. And, you know, basically just do the right thing. She was looking out for me and I love her for that. But I was like, girl, you didn't even have to send me this because who is keto? Keto Jackson. How about that? Denise says your husband will see your six pack auntie. But what you don't know is my husband sees this love pack and loves it right now. I told my kids, my husband thinks there is just, I, let me tell you something. I'm about to say something so powerful to you that you're going to have to pause this podcast and come back. I'll have to see you later. Let me tell you, I told my daughter, Taya, I said, if I loved myself the way that your father loved me, I would have so much confidence. I'm not saying I don't love myself, but when I tell you, my husband tells me I am the most beautiful. My hair be tied up. I be walking around with just not matching toothpaste on my shirt, no lotion on my elbows, just as raggedy as a soul can be. And he's like, babe, you're so beautiful. And I'm like, uh, probably not. But if I look, if I could look at my Lord, and this is the goal, this is the point. You need to marry somebody that makes you say to yourself, if I loved me the way they love me, I would be on another level of confidence. How about that? Miranda says, I told my aunt that my weight goes up and down after she auntied me. She says, it's like, it looks like it's up right now. <laughs> First of all, don't worry about the cycles of my life right now, okay? Denia says, no, if you do your research, keto is good for you. You must eat your green leafy veggies. Stay away from dairy processed food. I'm telling you, check out Dr. Bird. He teaches keto the right way. Well, you guys go ahead and check out the keto the right way. Some of us just think keto means that you can eat bacon, and that's that's all right. That's fine, too. Adrian says, I don't want snacks, but the way my two-year-old is set up, I... you see what I'm saying? Okay, how about that? Okay, so, yes, we're going to, someone's going to call my girl, Tenaria, 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 Ellie, Tenaria. 
someone call her and tell her that we here at the delegation are commending her for her just standing up and letting these natural bodies get some shine. And let me tell you, natural body, this is not me coming up against fake bodies. I'm just, or plastic bodies or whatever the politically correct thing is to say about bodies that doctors helped facilitate. What I'm saying is that like all bodies matter, but natural bodies need to be celebrated. And as long as we can celebrate natural bodies, everybody should be celebrated. What? Okay. Karan says, the devil is a liar. Lord, give me that six pack. I promise to never leave it out. It will show under these dresses. See, your dress is, if your six pack is shown to you, your dress is too tight and holiness is still right. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Um, Bella wants me to try to stop pronouncing her name. I'll try. But if someone could just once again, okay, wait. So we had to rescue. Oh, Lord. You see, y'all rescuing. We rescuing her because natural bodies matter and we're going to rescue her. So forget, forget, just grab the helicopter and then we'll ask her what her name is when we get on the helicopter. That's why. Okay. We're going to rescue her. The next person I'm moving towards, I don't know if you're going to rescue because sometimes you walk and be judgmental, but I'm going to pull your card if you try to judge. I want to see if we can rescue Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams may have filed for divorce from Kevin Hunter and stepped out with a new man on both coasts, but it hasn't made her instantly stop loving her longtime spouse. She was recently being interviewed at the Black Enterprise FWD conference in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she says, my husband and I were partners, but I just had to clean the slate and start over. She says, I didn't meet my husband until my 29th birthday. I was already a property owner. I was already a radio star. I was already the boss of my own life. So it's not new. I'm returning to that life, but with a bigger platform. She continues, though. She says, I will say this. There was nothing else I could do. Kevin was the one who told me I could do it. When Kevin entered my life, he was 23 and I was 29 and he was available. It was always me, my attorney, and Kevin. His name wasn't on paperwork, but he was a huge part. Now I cheer for myself, but I'm still madly in love with him. You see it in my eyes. So a lot of people were dragging her for still being madly in love with her ex-husband because he allegedly had an affair and had a child as a result of that affair. A, a long time affair, like 10 years, right? And I just wanted to see if we could rescue her because people act like love is a faucet that you can turn on and turn off when in reality, and this is going to help somebody. Sometimes you don't leave somebody because you don't love them. You leave them because you love yourself more. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Sometimes you don't leave somebody because you don't love them. You leave them because you have to love yourself more. And I think this notion of, you know, how can she still love him after all they've gone through? Like, I think it's a silly argument because if we make it seem like as long as you love someone, you should endure their abuse and their disrespect and just stay and stay and stay, then we end up doing so at the at the risk of not loving ourselves. When the reality is that the way you love yourself qualifies how another person is going to love you. So when you say that's too low for me, I can't do that. That's too far. It teaches them like I can love you. It ain't nothing more powerful than somebody knowing that I can love you 
but I will leave you. Like, I love you. Like, and that's for family relationships and everything where it's like, I can love you, but I can still protect my heart and my space and my mental health from the abuse that I endure as a result of being in your presence. I have to learn to love you from a distance. It's not what I want to do. I wish that we could have loved and respected one another mutually, but the truth is, this is where we are. I can't make decisions based off of what I wanted it to be. I got to make decisions off of what it is. And based off, let me get my calculator. As I get out my calculator and I begin to press these buttons, what I see is this. This ain't adding up. Something is wrong. The numbers are off here. And so I have to make the decisions off of the numbers that I have. Somebody needs to get that down in a spirit. Tanya says, I love me more. I left well. Put him out. Amen. Margie says, say that. Sometimes you leave them because you have to love you more. Angela says, yes, teach people how to love you. Heather says, that's true, but marrying and dating messy, closing one door completely before opening the next one. I totally don't think, I totally don't think that she should be dating while, you know, still getting over her heartbreak. That's another thing. We here at the delegation, we highly discourage going from one relationship over to the next relationship until you've really done the examination and autopsy on the death of the previous relationship. But once again, because we don't judge and we rescue people like Eve who know better but don't do better, you know, sometimes you think that the thing that's going to make you better is just replacing that person's place in your life. But in reality is, there are some places and spots in your heart that don't need to be replaced. They need to be assessed. And then we need to put um, well, some things, a headstone. We need to put a headstone over that place in your life and let nobody live there again. Because if somebody lives there again, then they produce the same fruit that was there. That ain't going to be good, okay? Catalina says, got to love yourself more. I wouldn't be dating, but maybe they're just friends. That's true. We don't really know what's happening there. All we can go is what she says. Akisha says, I left because we were unequally yoked. Jamelia says, that's true. Heal from the heartbreak before you move to the next. Kia says, he may have taught her how to love. Good for thought. Yeah, sometimes those toxic relationships teach you how to do things better. Janina says, Sister Janae Aiko says, I love me enough for the both of us. Well, isn't that something to consider? Okay. Kimberly Fuller says, jumping from relationship to relationship doesn't allow yourself to heal. You're carrying the same baggage and damage into the next one for sure. And that is never healthy for anyone. So um, can we rescue her? How about that? Is it possible for us to rescue her um, because she's still healing? She's still learning who she is in this new season. And just because you make the decision, and this is really important if you're in a toxic relationship, if you know down within your soul, I need to leave, I need to leave, I just can't leave because I love him. Leaving does not mean that you no longer love someone. You can't stay until you no longer love someone and endure their abuse, thinking that, well, when I don't love them anymore, I'll leave. Leaving is not that simple. As a matter of fact, what makes leaving hard is that you still love someone, but you have to come to a place where you are so intrigued by the idea of how you could love yourself and how you could live a life full of love that you decide to leave the life that has abuse in it. Because right now, 
Like your love is resting in hope and potential, but you can have a love that a life that is actually full of real love with real values and real um, consideration and loyalty. But you can't access that until you let go of the life that you currently have. And it is challenging, but it is something that is worthy of consideration when you know you got to do what you got to do. Angela Jackson says it was the hardest thing I had to do. She's talking about leaving a toxic relationship. Simba says if you don't respect yourself first, you will attract the same kind of man or woman. So true. Lanisha says we can rescue her. We all need to be rescued sometimes. Ari Ramirez says the love is still there, but the covenant was broken. Yeah, that's right. Shade Love says you can't stay until you no longer love someone. Yeah, I know that's a layered thought to have, but it's so true. Kelly says, rescue. And instead of going home, center to therapy, come on somebody. Lashana says, rescue. Jamie says, rescue. She has to agree to read. Don't settle for safe and wholeness too. Though totally agree. Heather says, okay, let's rescue her, but let's take up a collection for counseling sessions to help you. All right, child, the delegation is out here trying to rescue. So since the delegation is out here trying to rescue, we're going to send the helicopter for Miss Wendy while she is recovering. And discovering who she is again. I think one of the most important things that any of us can do after we've ended a relationship is realizing like, I am not the same person I was. I know she referenced who she was when she met her former husband, but the truth is like, she's not going to be able to go back to being that person she was when she was 29. She just has a bigger platform now. The truth is she's going to have to rediscover who she is in a freshman just want to say for her and every woman who has been charged with the task of learning who they are after enduring a heartbreak or loss that was a part of their identity because there's no way you're with someone for that long and it not be a part of your identity so yes we're going to rescue her okay let me see who else we trying to rescue. Um, I also wanted to know if you guys wanted to rescue. Do y'all watch, um, what's, what's the show called? Uh, the Bachelorette. I don't watch The Bachelorette, but I did see this new story about a woman. Her name is Hannah Brown, I think. And she's on, actually, I'm not, because y'all don't watch The Bachelorette, no way. Not really. And whatever. Y'all be fine. I want to submit for your consideration, Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler says she's ready for love after years of therapy. She said that I thought I would sound weak if I said that. Brought up an interesting subject that I would like to discuss with the delegation. So Chelsea Handler says in this article that she's changed her mind about being open to relationships. She says, because I thought I was tough for a really long time, and what I really learned through therapy is that being really tough is actually being vulnerable and being able to admit that you want to be in a relationship, you know, and I thought I would sound weak if I said that. And listen, I have a pretty good life, so I'm happy if I don't find a relationship, but I would love to find someone to love. For, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Chelsea Handler. She's a comedian, and I've you know seen a lot of her work, and she does kind of give off this tough persona. So I thought it was really intriguing that she admitted that she was ready to love, because I think a lot of times we don't want to... Um, 
voice the things that we want in life because we have maybe been locked into this personality for so long. You know, oh, I'm the one who doesn't want to have kids or I'm the one who wants to have kids or I'm the one who's never going to get married or I'm the one who always wanted to get married. And we rob ourselves from the ability of changing our mind. This is for somebody, okay? We have to be willing to change our mind about a decision we thought was. Now, I want to make sure that this is like, because I ain't trying to give nobody no permission and just wreck their whole entire life. But we, your identity is constantly changing and evolving, right? So you can say something in one season of your life where it's like, you know what? I don't want to, you know, I never want to be an entrepreneur. Being an entrepreneur is not for me. And then 10 years, 15 years in corporate America or wherever you're working, you have this idea. But because you said that you didn't want to be an entrepreneur, you're not able to do it. I don't want to be on the worship team. I know I can sing, but I don't want to be on the worship team. Okay, maybe you felt like that in one season, but you're... You've changed your mind, but because you've put something out there, you're staying loyal to a version of yourself you no longer are. And I just wanted to commend Chelsea Handler. I guess it's really more like a Hail Mary. Um, I was going to rescue her because I thought, you know, girl, you're not weak for saying you wanted to be in a relationship, but I'm going to go and give her a Hail Mary. We're just going to move over to Hail Mary because I thought that this was really dope for her to be transparent enough to say, like, I'm open. Like, I don't want to be this person who pretends like, oh, I'm just here for a good time, not for a long time. I actually want to have a relationship that has substance and beauty. And I thought that there was something special to that. Shantae says, ready for love and ready to love, just not at any cost. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. Like, I am ready for these things in my life, but I'm not desperate. Ready and desperate are two different things. Come on, somebody now. Amen. Okay. Jennifer says, I felt like being mean and hard protecting me, but just isolated me more. That was a tough lesson. That's a lesson so many people have had to learn because when you pretend to be hard and you pretend to be mean, you really do want to have connection, but you haven't made yourself available for connection. How about that? Amber says, with that being said, send in the troops. 50 took her down. Yes, she did date 50 cent. And that's probably, sometimes you got to thank Lord, the Lord for the things that didn't go right because they prepared you for what was going to be right. Amen. Karen says, yes, this is a word for me. Malia says, yes, let's rescue her. I've had to change my mind over the years because after my last bad relationship, I didn't want to be in a new relationship or even get married. Let me tell you something. When I left my toxic marriage, I was never getting married again. I said to myself, I'm just going to be young, fine, trying to make a dollar out uh, make fifty, make a dollar out of fifty, make a dollar out of fifty cent, and mine and my holy. And my husband, and my husband changed my mind because I was like, listen, if that's what is out here, I can't just let this slip by because I've stayed into this because I've locked into this idea of not wanting to be married again, and it was an incredible decision, but I had to be open to change, and so I just want y'all to be open. You're not desperate. Just open. Jody says, not weak at all. It's a sign of maturity. We get to grow and change our minds and open our hearts to more. Irene says, a lot of game playing out there. A priest said, we have to fix the man. I'm not desperate, but have been hurt too much. Your thoughts? I don't believe in fixing no man. The Lord, let me tell you something. Part of my criteria, though, when I was dating is like, I wanted someone who really had a relationship with God. And I don't mean like he goes to church and I don't mean like he participates in church, but literally God has changed him from a person who used to think and believe one way 
someone who thinks and believes a new way. You know why? Because God is going to be the one who is responsible for fixing, healing, and revealing. Who a man is? I don't. I don't want to be nobody's mama. I want to be. I want to be your partner. I want to be your support system. But I'm not trying to parent you into becoming a grown man. I believe that the Lord has not called. Now someone else is called to do that. And if you called to do that, you walk into your calling and you say, you know what? He didn't have that, and I had it, and so I'm going to give that to him. The Lord didn't call me to do that. And because the Lord didn't call me to do that, I need you to have a relationship with the Lord. Because when you have a relationship with the Lord, all I got to do is pray. Lord, I feel a little misunderstood. Lord, I don't know if he made the right decision here. Lord, I just need your help and your guidance connecting. How do I communicate with him? And the Lord helps me. I can't tell you how many times I've been praying about my attitude connecting with my husband. And my husband's come around and been like, you know what? Did I misunderstand something you said? Or is there something that I can express better to make you feel more comfortable? And let me tell you, that's the power because we connected in the Holy Ghost. And when you're connected with someone in the Holy Ghost, then that is something that I, the Lord, is the only one. Amen. Okay. Jody says, God ain't calling me to fix no man. It's not my anointing, child. You got to know your anointing. Angela says, Amen. God is preparing my husband for me as he is preparing me for him. Come on. Crystal Dion says, Listen, you better say that. I ain't trying to be no one's mama. First of all, I got kids. And being their mama is a full-time job. Tiffany Bivens says, I want to be married again, but I don't want to be on the dating scene. I believe that God will organically create a space for you to meet your husband. That doesn't mean you have to be on the dating scene. You know what I'm saying? I want all of you all who struggle with a new identity, there's a new version, a new desire in your heart. That means that it is going to be a deviation from who you used to be. I just want you to write down those truths. Like, I do want to have children. I do want to get married. I do want to start my own business. I do want to start singing again. Write those things down. Meditate on those things. Pray on those things. And ask God to just create opportunities for you to act on your desires. God, if this is your will, if this is an alignment for me to do, then God, because I don't want it unless it comes from you, create an opportunity for me to activate what you have placed down in my heart for me to desire. And I believe God will do that. But I think the first thing you have to do is realize that you have changed your mind and to own that changing of your mind so that you can have the right perspective. Because until you change your mind, you only see life through one perspective. But when you change your mind and you start to see things through different perspectives, the next time somebody asks you to sing, can you sing the birthday song? Uh, it's Granny's birthday. Can you sing the birthday song when it's time to kick it off? You grab, you start singing because you know that you're ready to step into singing in a way that you said you never would before. So you're not going to act like you're too shy to start singing. That was a bad example, but it helps somebody. Somebody's Granny's birthday this weekend and now they're going to be ready to sing the Stevie Wonder version and the traditional version of the birthday song and it will all be because of the work we're doing here at Woman Evolve. Marcy says, heard the strong message the rejection is God's protection. That is so, I love that so much. Chris Lee says, there's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. Megan Cole says, amen. I own my changed mind. Start writing notes. You might not be able to vocalize it yet. You may not be ready to make this huge announcement, but start writing it down. This is really how I feel. This is really who I am. And submit it to God in prayer. Jody says, I met my boo 10 years before we were ever a thing. Both of us were different people than who we are now. And even now we are growing into more together. I love that. I think that when you have two people who are committed to growth and development, 
inner growth and development, not just how much we can amass, not what empire we can build. Then you have people who will have a marriage that is constantly growing. And sometimes I get stuck in my attitudes and I get stuck in my way and I'm like just being super sensitive. And I just have to remind myself that I am committed to growing. I don't ever want to just be like, oh, well, this is just who I am because I am committed to growth. When I feel stuck in those old ways of thinking, because I know it doesn't benefit myself and it doesn't benefit my marriage, I grow out of those things. And I believe my husband is the same way. And we will be married for five years in November. And, you know, we're still very much in the newlywed phase. I like it very much. Winona says, child, I'm here. But see, I have a lot to catch up on. My job was in the way of me getting here on time. It's fine, child. It's fine. I'm late. I'm late. All right. So it's, we all out here doing the best we can. You better listen to last week's podcast. Either you have it or you don't. And sometimes you do. And sometimes it's late. And sometimes it's right on time. Okay. So since we just moved over in the Hail Mary organically, I want to <laughs> share an inspiring story for someone. A senior couple is proving that it's never too late to find love, even if it comes eight years after your first. According to NBC24, John and Phyllis Cook have been dating for a year after meeting in their shared assisted living facility in Ohio. Their love blossomed over the course of their courtship, and on Wednesday, the two sealed the deal and secured a marriage license, making their union official. It wasn't the plan, but we got here, and they said we could marry you here. John is a World War, World War II veteran, and he is 100 years old. I said, good, let's get it over with. <laughs> Both John and Phyllis, who is 102, are widows. They say their affection for one another grew as they spent more time, and because Phyllis is a devout Christian, marriage was the natural next step for their relationship. If y'all think if y'all think that y'all going to be 100 and 102 years old, and y'all get married or you want someone and they don't have to put no ring on it let Phyllis be your goals in this season even at 102 even when the enemy would have me believe that it doesn't matter anymore that you don't have to put a ring on this thing because Beyonce wrote a song if you like it then you should have put a ring on it she wasn't just singing to the young women she was singing to me at 102 years old y'all better make these fellas it's people right now, 30 years old, don't want to put a ring on it. She 102 years old, got him to put a ring on it. Play somebody this podcast. We're not going to be dating for 20 years just because I'm in this nursing home. You think you don't? I'm, it's conference season, so you're just getting me. Here I am. But what I'm saying is this. You got to put a ring on it no matter how old you are. And we want to thank Phyllis for that realization because had it not been for her, who knows whether or not we would believe in that. So, oh, the little things start recording on the situation. Oh, my engineer going to be mad at me. I don't know what happened. It's probably when I started going off. Kelly says, that's a great story, but Father, don't let 100 years old be my portion. He, Lord, don't do it, Lord. I want to believe that if you make me wait that long, that I'm still going to turn around and have French charming and, and, and you're going to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. But Lord, if you could do it sooner than that, that would be fine. Takeda Williams says, honey, I got 74 years and that was for me. I'm not saying that that's going to be your testimony. I'm just saying if it, if it takes that long, make sure he still put a ring on it. PT preach slash teach. If you ain't blessing each other, he's got to hit the road. So real. I love that clip. When he was preaching, I literally wrote that down. I was like, that's got to be a clip. 
Malia says she gives me hope. LOL, yes. Put a ring on it. Amy says, yes, fellas, I'm here for it. Ripper says, but if grandma can get him in at 102, I need to change my strategy. Grandma was out here doing, grandma was out here taking care of her business and making, making the fellas come correct. Okay. How about that? Jamie says, bruh, sis said you better lock this down or I'm getting jello with somebody else. How you going to feel? When it's bingo night and there's somebody else sitting beside me because you didn't know how to put a ring on. <laughs> what? Okay. Um, yeah, so we're going to give a Hail Mary to John and Phyllis Cook, okay, for out here doing the work, the Lord's work. You know, most of the time when I do this podcast, I look at people's names so that I can sound like a journalist and um, be professional in my approach. Today is not one of those names. And the enemy would have me say, you know what? You don't want to sound stupid. So just skip the story. But you know what? Here I am, Lord. Use me. It's not about me. It's about what you want to do when the story is more important than my glory. I'm a woman evolved mode and the words are just flowing and flowing and flowing. I want to give a shout out to Slovakia's first female president because she shut down journalists, a journalist question about her outfit. Her name is Zuzana Sotin. Google Slovakia's first female president and see if the Lord doesn't pull it up and you can pronounce it yourself. But anywho, she's her first female president and the, at the youngest at the youngest age at 45. She had to answer a sexist question with class during the press conference. When I get down to the story, as translated, it says um, someone was asking if she was nervous or stressed because it's the third dress she's wearing that day. So I guess the president, President Zuzana, had on the third third dress that she had to wear for all of these different press outings. And the woman, uh, the president ended up saying back to her, this is only the second dress that I'm wearing today. So how do I feel? Well, honestly, my teeth ache and I'm hot. I've had a very interesting day, a very intense day. I've had interesting meetings with the leaders of different leaders of European institutions I hadn't met before. I feel very happy and very lucky. Just for the record, <laughs> her I guess she was there also with another leader of a country who's like, just for the record, this is the third shirt I'm wearing today. But let me tell you something. I think that what her response reveals is what so many women fear when they are placed into positions that are generally or historically have been reserved for men. And that is that they will not be respected or people will be so distracted by their womanhood that they don't see their intelligence or the work ethic that they've had to put in into arriving into where they are. And I just want President Susanna to know that you are out here doing your life, minding your business, drinking your water, and that's why you are the first president, first female, and youngest president of Slovakia. And there are some, there's there's one little brown girl in Los Angeles, California that is over here slow clapping. I'm slow for you, girl. Do you, don't let nothing stand in your way. And this is a word for anyone else who is aiming for a position. Like you can just put people in their place because what I loved about this, and this has really freed me. I don't know if it's something about just the age and stage of life that I'm in. Sometimes we avoid doing things because we don't want to have to answer the questions that come with that level that we're on, or we don't want to risk having to put someone in their place. But let me tell you what I have learned. There is nothing wrong with putting someone back in their place because the truth is some people don't know where their lane is until you draw it for them. 
This episode is full of so many words. And all President Zuzana did was draw the lane. The, she just drew a line for him. She said, all right, don't come past over here no more. She went on, but I'm going to help you see where your lane is. And where your lane is, you won't be over in my lane asking me about my dresses and things. Okay? Viper says, look, President Zuzana said, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Ari Ramirez says, she's out here being the president of a whole nation and people worried about the stress of wardrobe change. Really? Exactly. Like, I'm out here doing all, and you're asking me about a dress. And these are the kinds of questions they would never ask a man in her position. But because she's a woman, but let me tell you, that's fine. We don't even have to get into the um, inequality of it all. What we do is make it equal. Oof, I feel this is coming into a word if I keep stumbling. So we don't even have to focus on the inequality. We have to focus on how we can make it equal going forward. You know what she taught that journalist and any other journalist is don't ask me about my dresses no more. And what y'all need to know and get that down in your spirits that as long as I'm president, you're going to ask me real questions and not questions about my clothes. And I just, big ups. I'm going to see if she want to come along. Tina says, some people don't like to have confrontations. I am one of those people. I used to be one of those people. I'm not really big on confrontations, but what I have learned because I would just internalize and become passive aggressive is that like in my head, my confrontation looks like my neck pop and me smacking my lips and moving my fingers and going off. But when it's time for me to actually express myself, it doesn't come out that way because at the end of the day, you still have a responsibility responsibility to filter even your confrontation and your frustrations through love and grace. And so I may start at one emotion, but that doesn't mean I communicate from that emotion. So this is what I feel. The reason and I feel this way is because of this thought. Well, let's attack the thought in a way that is a reflection of who my character is, the integrity and respect that I have for people. So I, I have learned to speak up because when you don't, people make assumptions. And when people make assumptions, my mother said that assumption and assuming breaks down into a, four words that I, I, I can't say. Okay. LaShonda says, ask me about my dress again. That's what she said very kindly. Yes. Okay. So that's uh, President Zuzana of Slovakia is my Hail Mary. My other Hail Mary is Yolanda Perkins. This really touched my heart. Woman Evolve is a 501c3. So, of course, we, we do our conference. It's, it's not for profit. Everything that we do for conference is done for the success of the event. But my goal is to continue to grow and fundraise so that I can create different programs that help women evolve, women who are in challenging situations, whether they're a teen mother like I was, a single mom, a divorcee, someone trying to make it through college. Like God is really just trying to help me. Um, discover the strategy and the support system I need to help. But when I read this story, it really touched in my heart and made me feel like this is something that I definitely want to make a part of the Woman Evolve nonprofit. And so here's the story. It's a 39-year-old formerly incarcerated woman is making people believe in second chances after graduating with her PhD and using it to create a pathway for other returning citizens to find meaningful jobs. Yolanda Perkins grew up middle class in Clewiston, Florida, where she says that her parents gave her and her siblings everything that they needed, including the opportunity to attend college. 
However, in 2004, while her friends were seniors receiving their degrees, Perkins was caught stealing credit cards from a workplace mailroom, leading to a sentence in federal prison. I was facing 25 to 30 years, and at the suggestion of my attorney, I pled guilty to possession of stolen mail, and in exchange, they dropped the credit card fraud charge. So she was just 24 years old when she ended up in prison. After going through prison, she went back to school with her friend Becky's, with her bosses, rather. She landed a job at the Goodwill and her boss, Becky, encouraged her to go to job. Perkins went back to school to finish her bachelor's degree and eventually pursued her first master's degree, which she completed in 2010. All the while, she connected with and married her husband, Dwight, and became pregnant with their first child in 2012. Yolanda Perkins is out here being cold because when you talk about woman evolve and when you talk about making the best out of what has happened to you, my girl was in prison. She caught a case, finally gets a job. Someone plants, oof, somebody plants a seed on the inside of her that she should go back to school. You need to have people around you who still see potential in your greatness, regardless of your circumstance. Because someone planted that seed, she took that seed, she watered it, she went back to school. And in the process of her pursuing the best version of herself, she met her husband and they started a family. Sometimes we can't meet the person who God has for us because we're not in the process of pursuing the best version of but on that path, she met her husband. And I just thought that was awesome. So Yolanda Perkins, Hail Mary. Ashley Holloway says, go ahead, girl. Angela Jackson says, people change. Priscilla says, that story was amazing. Hats off to her. Cherie says, congratulations to you, Perkins. Yolanda, if you're listening, the delegation is clapping for you. Thank you so much for being an inspiration to all of us. McQueen says, development in the darkness. That's a, I'm going to preach that. And I'm going to say that somebody left it on my Facebook page, so it's not stealing. LaShonda says, child, you just described me with your testimony about your life. I completely understand, girl. Sometimes life can get the best of us, but we can still get the best on, the best out of life in spite of what we've gone through. So, yeah, those are my Hail Marys for today. Now I have a little questions. You know how we do. We have to see what's going on in the world so that we can help the people become better. So my first advice question came through my DMs. You may be wondering, how do I send the advice questions? Child, go to Instagram, send your girl a message, then be patient. Here it is. It says, woman evolve advice questions. Hi, big sis. Thank you for your ministry. It has completely blessed me and raised my spiritual bar. And I am so grateful for your response to God's call. I need help. I'm 25 years old and I've never been in a serious relationship. I can be a little intimidated by men. So I know that some that I, so I know that's something I should seek deeper healing from, but for the most part, I've mostly just been friends with them. Recently, a man I had been crushing on expressed mutual interest in me, and we tried to see if dating was for us. It was a little complicated because he had tried to get with my best friend about a year ago, so I had to navigate through that situation. I did panic a bit about that, which I think made him nervous on top of my already timid nature with men who expressed any interest towards me. We ultimately decided we preferred to maintain our friendship than pursue a relationship. There were so many red flags to me about the idea of us. We were very similar, but also very different in some important ways. He came on super strong at first, but then would leave me confused about how he felt. 
And that would go back and forth for weeks. He also expressed to me that there were some cultural differences between us that prevented him from wanting to move forward. But didn't know, but didn't know what specifically they were. I feel he knew, but didn't want to express them. While I know it's probably best for us not to be together right now, that I deserve someone who wants me for who I am. The problem is I can't stop thinking about him. Maybe because he was my first attempt at something real. We've remained still good friends. And since we served together, I see him almost every day. Nevertheless, I keep going back and forth between knowing I dodged a bullet and wondering what the heck is wrong with me and how I could have been better. How can I come to a place of healing and get over this? Please help. P.S. Sorry for the long message. P.S. Hey, delegation. Thanks in advance for your help, ladies. By the way, the cultural difference is he's mixed and I'm black. So, um, girl, this is what I want to tell you. Child, sis, listen. You opened your heart up to something and now you got to take your heart back. Even when something doesn't become what you thought it would, it doesn't mean that you didn't open your heart because you have to even open up your heart to dream, right? You have to open up your heart to picture what something could become. And when it doesn't become that, you have to close your heart back down. And when you're closing your heart back down, it's normal to feel these emotions and these questions. There's nothing abnormal with you. Even knowing logically, this isn't right for me. This isn't what I have. You still have to go through the process of taking your heart back. So like you had a breakup even though you guys were never together because your heart, you know, it broke a little. I know we like to act like we boss chicks and nothing hurt us, but the truth is that it broke your heart a little bit that it didn't become what you thought it could become until you got to take your heart back. One of the things that you said that concerned me a little bit is that you see each other every day because it's difficult to take your heart back when you see each other every day. And I love that you guys are committed to serving. You can control another person's actions, but I would suggest for the sake of your healing that you just take a moment and be willing to take your heart back. And that means also keeping it from being constantly exposed to this person every day until you've come to a place where you're not going back and forth. It may just be three days. It may be a week. I don't know how long it's going to take. I know you guys didn't necessarily evolve into this long-term relationship, but I would suggest being okay with taking the time you need to get your heart and your mind back to where it needs to be and to do so unapologetically. So many times I meet women who are like, I just, I'm cool. We can still be cool, even though we didn't work out. We can still be friends. We can still, and all of that sounds good. But until you have your heart back, trying to be friends with someone who you wanted to be lovers with or to be in a relationship with is challenging. And so you got to be willing to take time and do so unapologetically. It does, he doesn't even have to know. You could literally talk to whoever's in charge, whoever's in leadership. I just need to take a minute to kind of regroup, get myself together. I'll be back. You know, I understand you may need to fill my space. I'll go through the application process again, whatever I need to do. But I need a minute to clear the air. Girl, you need to clear the air. It's too much pollution in the air. You need an air purifier so you can breathe in and breathe out without taking in all it is. Okay, girl, that's what I'm trying to say unto you. Okay. Calvin says, child, I wish I was a boss chick. I'd be hurting going in at the same time. Oh, Lord. Octavia says, yes, it is difficult if you see them all, all the time, sis. See them all the time. You can't hurt back every time you see them. You think about, oh, we just going to have little black and mixed babies. And they was going to have for a hair. And I was going to, no, girl, it's hard. And it's fine, okay? It's fine, but you got to take your heart back. And when taking your heart back, when you have those thoughts again, when you're thinking about what it could be, you just have to remind yourself, but it's not that. 
I argue with myself in my head all of the time. And my head, my head says, you know what? This is what it should be. This is what it could be. This is what it would have been if. But you know what? That's not what it is. And I have to tell the grown up Sarah has to tell the little girl Sarah that, that that's not what it is. Okay. And sometimes you just have to snap yourself into reality. And that's what I want you to do in this season. Takita says, I've learned you can heal where you can. I've learned you can heal where you're hurt. It doesn't. I think she meant can't. Takita says, I've learned you can't heal where you were hurt. It does not help. Karen says, that everyday business is a no-go. Jazz Blaine says, continually seeing him is like opening up a wound over and over when you aren't healed. Girl, yes. Okay, how about that? Celeste says, yes, is most definitely, but they don't have to be forever. Oh, she was responding to somebody else. Lashana says, allow yourself to feel what you feel. Sometimes to heal, you have to cut people off, step away, or step away until you are completely healed. And Catalina says, you have to take a minute from seeing him. Yeah, like, Go ahead. Just take a minute. Jody says you have your own, you have your, you have to have your own space, emotions, and heart space. Clarity is key. And you can't clear the air if he if the smoke is still simmering. That's what we're saying. Angela says, how do you determine if being friends is actually a soul tie? I've always connected soul tie with sex. Um I, I, I ought to make my husband come in here and he's over in his office. How to make him come in here and answer this question. But I think anything that takes away from your ability to move forward in the best version of yourself, any thoughts, any relationships that are constantly and incessantly keeping you from focusing on your healing and your wholeness and the best version of yourself has got to be tied to your soul in a way that is not healthy. And I think that anytime that you notice that you do have a responsibility to take it seriously to sever it and to like reconnect. Like I'm going to take that piece of my soul that was tied to you and tie it to my relationship with God and tie it to me getting my health together and tie it to me becoming the version of myself that God had in mind when he formed me. So yeah, that's my answer, but I'm going to let PT answer it later and then I'm going to tell y'all. Um... Rebecca says, please come preach in Kentucky. I'll go, let me tell you something about where I preach. Except for the tour, I've been trying to like create a tour where I can go places. But for the most part, I go where I am invited. Because y'all have me somewhere I ain't been invited. All right. Jewel says, at 25, she's still young. This is just a part of all the learning and growing she's going to continue to do for a few more years. For sure. Okay, so let me see. That was my first question. And the second one. Okay, yes, this was deep. Are y'all ready, delegation? Listen, here we go. Hi, Sister Sarah. I pray this message gets to you. I'm currently looking for a new church home, so I don't have the support or the community around me right now. I pray this question gets to you because I really need godly guidance on this one. I separated from my husband recently. I know what God's word says about marriage. This separation will not lead to divorce. My husband and I both desire to have a healthy, strong, godly marriage, which unfortunately has not been the case for our entire nine-year marriage. We separated because my husband has huge apathy issues. He is treating me more like a homie instead of his wife and more of a mother-son relationship has been created, which has been toxic for our marriage and for me." Because of this dynamic in our relationship, it has left me feeling unprotected and vulnerable in our marriage. So I left. 
My husband is understanding and says he will get the help and support he needs. Praise God. We both have a goal of coming back together, hopefully by the end of summer or beginning of fall. I'm hoping he makes the changes he needs so he can grow and have healthy, godly marriage and we can have a healthy, godly marriage in the future. My question is, we live with my grandmother and my mother visits us every day to spend time with my grandmother. We haven't told anyone that we are separated and it's starting to get obvious that I haven't been home or that I am not sleeping at home. I know that when they find out, it will be a lot of them telling me I'm wrong and God won't bless me and I'm being rebellious. I honestly don't want to deal with it, but I know I will. Do you have any guidance or suggestions on the best way to discuss this with close family? I want to come out. I want to come off loving, but direct and firm on my decision to separate from my husband for a season. It's like I have anxiety about talking to them about it because I know it will be a whirlwind of emotion and I don't want to deal with it, but I know I have to tell them. So one of the things that I notice when reading your letter is that I just think a lot of things. Where do I begin? I want to commend you for recognizing that there were issues in your marriage that were causing you to pull your heart back because I think divorce is really not just people who can't connect, but people who realize some of the barriers and limitations that keep them from connecting and doing something about them before it leads to divorce. So I certainly understand your separation. I hear your commitment to not divorcing, but rather just creating a healthy environment so that you can have the marriage that you need. I do think that you and your husband should be in counseling together because one of the things that I have learned, even in my unhealthy marriage, is that he was not the only culprit, that I also played a part in it. And I wanted to determine what I did that played a part in that marriage becoming what it was. And I think that you guys doing the work together because you have one common goal, I think is important. Um you know, you, you said you're, you're not getting a divorce. You know it's not going to lead to divorce. You have hope. Your husband's doing the work that is necessary. It really sounds like there's no reason for you all to get divorced, which means that you guys have the same goal in mind. And that goal is to have a happy, healthy marriage. And if your goal is to have a happy, healthy marriage, then I want to encourage you to, to kind of roll up the sleeves and get into the work with him. I'm not saying that you guys can't still be separated, only you know what you're life is and what your heart needs. But I do think going to counseling together is going to be really important because as he is understanding his patterns and his pathology, you have some patterns and pathologies that have made this work for, you know, I think you said you guys have been married for eight years and you want to know what those patterns and pathologies are so that you can really create a game plan for your marriage moving forward. You guys live with your mom, not sure what this, or with your grandmother, not sure what the circumstances are there. But part of that reality is you are, you, you, you kind of lack the kind of privacy that, you know, would allow you to maybe have this separation without having to disclose it to everyone. And I think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, we can say like, it's not their business. And to a certain extent, that's true, but you guys are living with them. So it is going to be a part of their business because it is a part of the atmosphere and environment that they live in as well. And so understanding what the plan is, is important. You know, I'm on a, I don't want to, I'm surprised that you left your grandmother's house. I'm not sure what that is about. Cause seemed like you should have 
be at your grandmother's house. I don't know. Once again, not my business. You didn't go into that. It ain't my business. But what I will say is you probably are going to have to have to have some conversations with them. And the conversation I think that you just have to know is like this conversation is informative, not um, argumentative. And so we've been going through some struggles in our marriage. We're going to counseling to figure out the best way for us to move forward because we want to have a healthy relationship. And because you guys live with them, you you are going to have to express that to them. And then it doesn't have to be up for debate. And it can be something that you say, like, this is what it is and we're going to move forward. And if it starts to lead into that shaming and condemnation conversation, you may just have to create a boundary, draw a line and kind of say, these are the decisions that I've made for my marriage. You know, I'm not sure whether or not they've been married before, but I think anyone can attest whether they've been married or witnessed a marriage, that marriage has its challenges that only the two people in it fully understand. And we have come to a mutual decision on how we can move forward. And we just ask for respect and for grace as we figure out what moving forward looks like for us. So um, I want to see what the delegation says, uh, says about this, though. Tina says, hard work has to be done. Monica says, watch War Room. Monica says, counseling is a great idea and will work only if you only if you and your husband. But I think her thing got cut off. Priscilla says, right. And don't allow too much time apart before you get to counseling together because it gives too much room for the enemy. Jody says, do it as a team. Have that conversation together. If you guys have the same motivation and goals when when then they will have to come to both of y'all to address it. Once that conversation is over, it shouldn't be brought up again. Ask them for space for y'all to grow and go through what you need to go through. Sounds like the delegation agrees. And you and your husband have to have a conversation about what that conversation is going to be. Because if your husband's going to be in the house and you're not in the house, if mom or grandma comes up to husband and says, what's happening, what's going on, you guys have to have the same communication points. This is what we're going to say. And this is what we're going to stick to. I can't imagine anything more unhealthy than you guys saying one thing you leave the house grandma goes and talks to the husband and he's like oh I don't know what's wrong with her absolutely not you guys have to be a team you have to be a unit and I just feel like this is going to be the training ground for your new normal and um, in many ways it's probably going to help you build trust and respect for him as you guys navigate building the life together that he is the same person who you are you know who you've communicated with is the same person who shows up when having these conversations Lala says you can't people you can't keep people out of your business when you are living with them. Yeah, that's it's hard. That's that's a hard one. Monica Gary says, yes, this was a whole lot of info and a lot still missing. Having a conversation with everyone involved is key. Being honest with yourself and taking action is needed. Alexandra Marie says, Sister Sarah. Oh, she's okay, she's talking about something else. Jocelyn says, I agree with counseling together. If he changes and you don't, there will still be issues for sure. Shamia says, hello from here. Hey, girl, how you doing? Crystal Dion says, I feel like how her family feels about their relationship is at least of their problems. There are other things that need to be tackled first. For sure. And I think have, that's why if you have those communication points, I think it's going to help the family navigate it so that you guys can focus on what really matters. Lanisha Hammond says, I can't get past her leaving and not him. That like threw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. That that, 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 that was something. I, but we don't know people's situations and stuff. Jamie says he's willing to do the work to look for a new apartment. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that's fine, guys. Renee said you have to stick together and work as a 
It's more friction, especially when you live with someone for sure. Living with someone and navigating this is not easy. We're going to be praying for you here at Woman Evolve because we can only imagine the stress that you are enduring. The delegation seems to be praying as well. Rebecca says, praying for some things and I need answers. Honey, we're praying with you. Become a united front. That's great words from Priscilla regarding this situation. So listen, it sounds like um, for the most part, we think that this definitely is going to take both of you guys rolling up your sleeves, that you're going to have to really do the work necessary to move past this season, but that it is doable and that if given the proper communication, your family can be um, in assistance in this challenging time. With that being said, Season nine of the Woman Evolve podcast is coming. And what am I going to leave you with but a snack? And let me tell you something. This will probably be, you know, I like to log off of the social media. So I logged off a couple of days ago. I joined on Facebook Live just to be with my homies and I will see you guys again. I'm going to be podcasting from Denver, Colorado. This will be season, that will be episode 10 of this season, our last and final episode. But I am snacking on the beauty of faith and fear just mingling in my soul, but knowing that faith is going to have the final answer. Why fear, Sarah? Well, because there's about 3,000 people total coming to Denver, Colorado, and they have invested their time and their resources because they trust that God has given our team a vision and the ability to pour into their lives. And I want to make sure that we have done everything that we can do, not so that they have good time, not so that they can leave and just be, you know, high off of what we said, but so that they can literally leave having had an encounter with God. Do you know how challenging it is to make sure that people leave having an encounter with God? That means there's no division. That means there is no pride. There's no ego. There's no room for any of us to come up against one another. And so we have been praying together as a team. I've been praying every single morning for everyone involved that there would be no flesh at all, that we would just come together with one desire and one only, and that is to see God move supernaturally in the hearts of the women connected to Woman Evolve. And so what I've been resting in is that my, my snack, right? It's like faith and fear having a battle, you know, fear, you know, oh Lord, is this going to work? Oh Lord, is this going to fall apart? Oh Lord, are we going to be able to pay this? All of these things, right? But then the faith is that I saw God show up in 2018 in ways I could have never planned for, ways I could have never asked for. And so like I have this crazy anticipation in the middle of all of these reasons to be stressed about God just literally like showing up in a huge way for these women. And so I just know that faith is going to win. And sometimes, I mean, faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? So you don't see what your faith believes immediately, but you hang on to that faith because you know that at the end of the day, it's going to be manifested. This thing started with God. This thing is going to end with God. And I just have to make sure that I keep my hands clean and my heart pure so that I can be a vessel that his grace and his love and his glory flows through. And my husband, our team, everybody who's connected with Woman Evolve is doing the same thing. So, 
I love you guys. Faith has the final say. That's it. That's what I want y'all to know. Faith has the final say. So don't lose your faith. Don't allow the statistics, don't allow the numbers, don't allow the stress, don't allow the anxiety to make you lose your faith. Just a mustard seed. I understand that more and more now the older I get. Sometimes I don't have a whole lot of faith to give. I only have a mustard seed to hang on to it. Oh, gosh, I should have made this one of my Hail Marys, but the Faith Center Church, their pastor, Pastor Henry Fernandez, he's a great bishop, Henry Fernandez. He's a great friend of my father, but there was this woman at the church. God gave him a prophetic word that the woman had came, um, went to the grocery store yesterday, didn't have enough money for her groceries, didn't feel like coming to church, but came anyway. And they ended up blessing this woman. Um, the woman had enough courage to stand up and say it was her. After that, she ended up leaving with $5,000 and um, how God just wanted to show her that he saw her and he heard her. And that's just another example of like, she had just enough faith to go to church. She had just enough faith to keep showing up and God saw her. And so I'm just saying at the end of the day, Faith has the final say, and next week is going down into Denver town. And if you're in the building, we are going to be prayed up, warred up, waiting for God to do miraculous things in the lives of everyone there. Okay, listen, I love y'all. Okay, Father, I thank you for the gift of you and your spirit and your power and your vision and your ability to make all things work together. And so, Father, each of us are facing our own mountain. Some of us feel strong enough to take it with no issue at all. Others of us are wondering if we will have enough strength to even get started. No matter where we fall on that scale, we know that at the end of the day, it will be your faith. We make room for what you want to do. And we say, Lord, if we're doing it too fast, too slow, if there's anything we're doing that is out of rhythm, please give us the peace and the pace of the kingdom. Let us see denial as slowing us down. Let us see failure as the opportunity to restructure. Let us see agreement and unity as the only way forward. And as we continue to do what you've called us to do, to be those mothers, to be those women, to be those leaders, to be those co-workers, daughters and mothers that show love at all times, that have patience and forgiveness and compassion. God, I ask that you would just baptize us in your spirit that we would no longer be operating in our own strength and our own power, but it will be by your spirit that things come together. I believe in your power. I've seen it show up in my life far too many times to give on it now. So for a woman who doesn't have faith in your power right now, because she's got so many odds up against her, God, take my faith, take my belief and pour it over on her as well. Because when we come together, we can chase not just 1,000, but we can chase 10,000. And I bet with all the 60,000 listeners we have on this podcast, that hell ought to be nervous because the woman just woke up and she's waging war with the devil. And we already know what happens in the end. Bruised heels, crush, serpent's heads. Love you guys. See you next week.